0: Welcome to The Make Light Show, the podcast that's all about curating meaning and joy in a light-filled life, and part of the Life Listened Podcast Network. I'm Karen Walren, photographer, leadership coach, and author of The Beauty of Different, Observations of a Confident Misfit. Join me as I answer your questions about how to make light in an occasionally dark world. And together, we'll prove that positivity, creativity, and kindness, both to yourself and to others, make the world go round. Welcome back, friends. Today, we've got a great question from Yvette talking about negative self-talk. Yvette writes, Hey, Karen, I love what you have to say about making light. And generally, I'm pretty good about making light in my own life. I have a job I really enjoy, a partner I love, and three kids who are generally happy. Where I struggle is with negative self-talk. I'm constantly looking at myself in the mirror and putting down what I see and comparing myself to friends who seem way more successful. Even social media doesn't help. I follow folks who have these lives that I wish mine looked like. Any tips on how to quell that critical voice inside my head? Yvette, honey, you are singing my song. Even though, like you, I'm pretty good at making light, and even somewhat good at cutting myself slack, there are still many days when I can be truly self-critical. So this week, I thought I'd bring in an expert, my sweet friend Katie Horwich. Katie is the beautiful and creative mind behind Women Against Negative Talk, or WANT, an online destination to give women tools, resources, insight, and inspiration to shift their negative self-talk patterns and move forward into an empowered, self-actualized life that's all their own. She's also the voice behind The WANTcast, her podcast re- featuring badass women who share their wisdom and how to see your own worth. Katie and I met years ago at a program the Dove Campaign for Real Beauty sponsored at South by Southwest, and I've been a fan of hers ever since. When we spoke, she was in her recording studio on the Upper West Side of New York City, and I love that you can hear her enthusiasm matches the energy of the town in the background that she calls home. Take a listen. Katie, I cannot even begin to tell you how excited I am to have you here. Welcome to the Make Light Show. Thank you so much. I'm
1: it's an honor to be on. I'm I'm fangirling so hard.
0: <laughs> well, I am too. I mean, you know, you and I met like I don't how many years ago. It was south by southwest. Uh a little over 3 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and I have been following you on on like social media and just such a fan of yours ever since. I love what you talk about about helping women get through um, you know, negative self-talk and and I you know, I let's just be really honest, you are like a lovely person. You're beautiful. You're confident. I can't imagine that you ever had negative self-talk in your life, (laughs) you know, when Ah, I look at you. And so I would love to hear (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, right? Like, it's so funny because we all kind of look at other women and think, oh, they have everything, right? And in truth, we all, all of us women have negative self-talk. So Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about how you came to start Women Against Negative Self-Talk. Like, what did that, how did that happen? Yeah. So
1: I actually, um, you'll like this. I thought of want way back in, uh, 2007. Okay. So I was, I was a little young thing at the time. And at the time, just to preface that, um, I, I grew up in a culture that was very much about bonding over negativity. And mm. I, Looked at the women around me and I heard them self-deprecating to relate, self-deprecating to connect. And there was also a lot of um, self-deprecating so that we, if we say it first, then we can't be hurt by others. So as a form of armor.
0: Oh, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. because (laughs) Because I think you, I think you just tapped into something that I know I did hmm. That's really interesting. So people would sort of t- like tear themselves down out loud because if I said it, it took the power away from somebody else to do it.
1: Oh, totally. And I also think that there are people and this isn't a good or bad thing. It just is. Yep. There are sometimes sometimes we will self deprecate so that we're kind of waiting for someone to negate. Our self-deprecation.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and get
1: that validation. Oh, no,
0: you're not. No, you're exactly. not that way. Yeah. OK. Wow. Yes. All right. So you grew up with women who did this. Uh,
1: yeah. So this was this was my norm. This was the conversation that I was surrounded by. Mm. And I wasn't fully conscious of it. But I grew up having this huge disconnect between my self-image and my self-confidence. And so when I say those two things, self-confidence to me was all internal. It was the belief in myself, if you will. But the lens through which I view that self-confidence, that's my self-image. That's how I sort of translate that confidence, translate Mm. the, um, the recognition of, any sort of talent or appearance or any of that stuff. Mm. Um, so I had this, this weird dichotomy going on where I was super self-confident, but I had a lousy self image.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: And, yeah. And that was combined with, I, I was, I grew up in such a loving, amazing household. Um, and I was a very artistic kid and teenager. And I was, I was praised a lot for, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. What was really interesting is that the second that I started to appreciate those myself, I would be called vain or conceited or I just yeah. need to get over myself and and then I would react because I'm I'm someone who's called a highly sensitive person where I just take in everything around me, everything from the energy when you walk into a room mm-hmm. to the lighting and the temperature in the room, every single thing affects me. Um, so just that like environmentally being so overstimulated combined with this sort of clashing heads of, okay, you're allowed to be great in our eyes, but you can't see yourself. Right. As great. <laughs> um, I would just, I would, I would react to that. And I would also be told you're so sensitive. You're being too sensitive. Cause I would try to verbalize like this hurt my feelings. And whether I did a great job of that or not is totally irrelevant. You yeah. know, we find the language to verbalize when we are hurt or lonely or whatever. I think as we grow up, but yeah. anyway, I grew up feeling like I was confident, but I wasn't allowed to be confident. Um, mm. I was, I was sensitive and when it was benefiting other people, that was a great trait. But when it came to myself, I wasn't allowed to be sensitive. I need to suck it up. Mm. And Then when I went to college, I developed, um, I, I, you know, as many of us do when we go to college, we're out of control and we either start partying or we, uh, put ourselves into this hole of just studying and wanting to be super academic. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up developing an eating disorder because I was like, I, I don't know where I belong. Um, I really want to be like this confident adult in the world. And I. Yes, this is not what you do in college. Like, mm. if I was there for my education and to learn how to be an adult. And that was not what most 18 year olds go to college thinking.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: so I just felt completely, completely out of control. Um, I felt all of that sensitivity, all of that self confidence, self image dichotomy. That was sort of like the breaking point mm. for me. Um, so I don't say that. The eating disorder that I went through, which, by the way, is something called orthorexia, which is an unhealthy obsession with health, whatever your definition of health is. Okay. Um, I don't say that the eating disorder that I went through made me aware of, gave me like this aha self-talk aha, but it kind of gave me this opportunity to become self-aware and, and really dive into it. So when I thought of want, I was at the sort of working through, I don't want to say the tail end of the eating disorder years, but I was, I was at the point where I knew something was wrong. Um, Nobody was talking about this eating disorder at the time. So it was another reason for me to be called crazy or think that I was the other Mm. or, you know, get called names. So I was like, well, I don't feel normal, so I am. And there was one website made on like GeoCities that was talking about it, or Angel <laughs> Fire or something, <laughs> something like that. Right, right. Um, with with like a GIF of a, a you know, remember the paperclip guy? Yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, yeah. on, my, on yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he was showing up everywhere. So it was like I had no tools, and I thought
0: I need to create these tools for myself. So wait, let me just ask. So when you were having this yes. eating disorder, like. Did other people know, like, or was this something that was very private for you? Did people know that you were struggling? Uh,
1: I think that people, I think that that the people closest to me knew that I was struggling. Mm. Um, how they approached me, based on knowing that I was struggling, varied. So I had... Um, A couple friends in college who really confronted me from from a loving place um, after I realized it and I kind of clued him into what was going on. um, But he saw that I was just getting worse, like my boyfriend had to sit down with me. But then I also had I also had friends and family members who thought that the solution was to um, like literally force feed me, Um, Uh, which eating disorders are not
0: about the food. They're never about. Right. It's about the control. Exactly. Right. So
1: there, there weren't a lot of people, a who knew that I was struggling. They knew that something was, was was off because right. I, I got super skinny and I was just a I was a shell of myself. Okay. And I was in musical theater and it was starting to affect my voice. And that was actually the most impactful thing. My voice teacher said to me, she was like, "Uh, we as in the the chairs of the department um were worried about you oh and wow okay when you are yeah and when your body is isn't able to support your breath like it affects your voice it affects mm. the performance mm. um and then i was like oh, okay all right okay. i got it yeah, yeah like yeah. there was something tangible to to link to oh what's happening right now is actually affecting where i want to go in the future right okay yeah um but yeah, so I had a lot of different reactions. Okay. Um, so I began to basically be my own guinea pig. And that was everything from working foods that were sort of scary foods for me into mm-hmm. my day and then realizing like, oh, everything was fine. Like right. the world did not collapse to just being aware of how I responded to the people around me. And that's when I really was like, oh, this negative self-talk stuff that I've known existed then mm. than I realized. Mm. So it didn't lead to eating disorder, orthorexia, or anything. It was just, it was this slow build right. in my life.
0: Right, That's so amazing. I'm, I'd like to say that that is amazing to yeah. me that you were, able to be self-aware enough to start healing yourself like that's that to me is really really big that you were you know like that your your chair came and said okay this is this is something tangible here like this is really affecting you and you were like oh okay then I've got to go ahead and change like I I mean Mm -hmm. I hope you I hope you realize how much strength and courage that was in your life that you showed. that's amazing that's amazing to me I love that I love that.
1: Well, I think that also part of that has to do with the sensitivity and Mm. I, whether anybody was telling me or not, um, I knew that there was something off with me. I was getting headaches all the time. Um, like I said, my voice wasn't the same. I started losing weight without trying to lose weight. Mm. Um, like orthorexia was not about losing weight for me. It was about the control and it was about like, okay, well, I want to be an adult. What do adults do? Um, Mm. They eat super, super healthy and they go to the gym and everything is scheduled and regimented. Right. So I was just trying to be a grown up, really. Yeah. Um, And so I think that 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 intense self-awareness led me to be like, well, if nobody else is going to help me then and if there's no resources for me, then I just kind of have to figure this out on my own. Right. Right. So thank you. That's very sweet. But I. I don't know if I could have done it any other way.
0: Well, (laughs) well, thank, (laughs) thank God you did because now uh, want is something that helps so many women. So, so tell me how that happened. How did that, that, that come about?
1: Yeah. So it was 2007. Like I said, I was at the point where I was very aware that this, that self-talk was affecting us way deeper than we thought. It wasn't just about Switching out words or telling ourselves mantras uh, right. that this was something that was basically it was an epidemic in our society. Mm. So I was on vacation with my family and I woke up from like a nap and I turned on the TV and the Dove Real Bodies commercial was on. Yes,
0: yes. Which, which the by the way, one. when we met each other at South by Southwest, it was because of the Dove campaign for real beauty brought us together. Right to be on. Oh, that I
1: know. That's right. Yeah. So this and is amazing. Well, that was like, and that was very early in me um, starting Want the the second time around, which is in its current incarnation. Yep. And I I remember meeting you and hearing that Dove was involved and being like, oh my gosh, if this is not like (laughs) a sign from the universe or something, (laughs) then... I, I don't know what is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know it's I, dove, a lot of good comes from that campaign. i tell you a lot of good oh, in my yes. life came from that campaign. So you see oh my this, god, it's amazing. And it really is amazing. So you see the dove campaign for real beauty and what happened? Mm-hmm.
1: I see the dove campaign for real beauty. And I think one of two things. And now when I think back on that campaign, I think what an amazing kickstart to this incredible dialogue that we're having today and all this amazing work that dove is doing. Yep. Um, it was sort of a, a a very easy way for people to tangibly grasp like what our media can look like. Yep, which was cool. But I saw it and not but I saw it and I thought first I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I've never seen anything
0: like this before in my life. And just to clarify for, for people who hadn't yes. seen it, was this the one with the mm-hmm. women that were in their underwear? Is that the... Is,
1: yes. Yes. Yeah, all so. the the women in their underwear. Um, and I know that Stacey, who has been on your podcast before, she was in it. Nado, yes. Um, right? Nado? Yep. Um, yeah. It was the very, very first so one. So
0: where all these different women of different sizes were in their underwear. And it was the camp- Dove mm-hmm. Campaign for Real Beauty to show... That beauty came in different sizes and shapes and colors yeah. and everything. That was sort and of ages, their, and, and ages and was, which is amazing.
1: Amazing. So I see this and I think, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Right. Second thought is because the the premise of the commercial, at least how I was interpreting it at age twenty one or whatever, was love your body, you're beautiful. Mm. And I was like, well, what happens? When I don't feel like I love my body? What mm. happens when I look at myself and I don't feel beautiful? Mm. My third thought was there should be something out there that gives women tips and tools to shift their negative self-talk patterns. Mm. My fourth thought was, I'm going to start something that gives women <laughs> tips and tools to shift their <laughs> negative self-talk patterns. And it's gonna be called want, standing for women against negative talk. Like this all happened in a 30-second period in my brain. Seriously.
0: Like this is Yeah. So this is you know what, this reminds me of that um that wonderful TED talk that Elizabeth Gilbert does about how genius mm-hmm. is this thing that's out there and it just kind of comes swooping in and, you, hopes, and it, you hope that you catch it. But if you don't catch it, it goes on to someone else. It's like this muse, yes. this genius just showed up on about women. That is so amazing. I love this story. So what Thank happened? You. What happens next? Do you like get online well, and <laughs> save the URL? Like, how did this happen?
1: Okay, so I love telling this part of the story. And I think it's it's important to tell because yes, I mean, want.com, I, I don't even want to like Google what want.com is. (laughs) I I think it's probably something that's very not appropriate for this podcast. (laughs) Um, but I landed on, I was like, okay, what is this going to be? And the word, (laughs) um, awareness, I think awareness campaign or awareness initiative, something like that, like that awareness campaign, I think, That popped into my mind and I was like, cool. So it's not like an organization, but it's not just a website. Um, So I bought want-more.org because I was like organization org. I I Uh, know that org is usually used for like nonprofits and stuff. Um, But I was like, this makes sense. Right. Um, I hired a... A friend of mine from high school to build a website. I wrote down like a huge manifesto. Wow. Um, I had I had a resources page, and on that resource page was Jess Weiner. Yeah. um, Was who's so also I've been, been her who's also,
0: and she's also been on the on the Make Light show. She's amazing and works yes. with Dove. So yeah, yes, she's fantastic.
1: Yeah, she's uh, incredible. Mm. Um, and then I had oh my gosh, I had Dove. I had all these different resources that I was just like, well, what. What helps me? What, what is inspiring me and what is doing work that is, I think, actually moving people forward. Right. Um, and then I thought, well, what do you do when you start a business? Oh, you make t-shirts. <laughs> so so sure. I, um, cause yeah, obviously you're not official unless you have the swag. Right. <laughs> so I designed a shirt logo, which was basically my hand in, I dipped it in paint and made the sign language love symbol. Yep. Um, and I put it down on a piece of paper and I wrote my beauty, myself, like my body, our bodies, ourselves. Right. Um, which I don't think I had even read at the time, but I knew that it was a thing. And right. so I was like, oh, this is a play on a thing. Um, just like all of this, this like ballsiness mixed with naivete, just coming, right. <laughs> coming up and flourishing. Um, and I sent it out to all of all of the people that i knew and i said here's this website here's what i'm doing this is so important and it got an amazing response and i had a friend of my mom's who is in the entertainment industry she was like this is amazing i know someone at x morning show um i would love to make an intro but if i do then you just need to be able to deliver the good be ready yeah yeah and i was like well I have t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> like, those are, are those the goods? Right, right. Uh, so I like, I, I knew I had this idea, but I didn't know how to build it out yet. And I I mean, I kept it going where I was just telling people about it and just like updating the website, whatever, um, for like a good six to eight months. And then it just sort of fizzled out.
0: Mm. And so tell me what it is I, now. So how is it? different? Yes.
1: Well, Um, we don't have (laughs) t-shirts. Damn it! At some point, damn it. But yeah, I did. I did. Tip to anybody who's listening who wants to start a business. You probably should not start with the t-shirt. Okay,
0: (laughs) probably not a great pro tip. If
1: it's what, if unless it's a t-shirt making business.
0: (laughs) Pro tip. Okay. (laughs) Yes.
1: Awesome. Um. So yeah, it was dormant for. I mean, gosh, mid two thousand eight until two mid two thousand fourteen, and I think. And people always said to me in that time, like. I would get random people saying, oh, that want thing that you thought of, like, that was really cool. Whatever happened to that? Mm -hmm. Or they'd, they send me links and they'd go hashtag want with it. Or before hashtag, they'd be like, oh, this is so want. Yeah. But (laughs) that. that idea was just because it didn't happen the first time around didn't mean it wasn't a valuable concept. Right, right. So, um. I actually feel like the entire want path is just connecting me completely to you because when it came around to me the second time, I had had a a pretty built out career in editorial and online editorial Mm and wellness editorial for a while. I had been teaching fitness for a while. I was very entrenched in this sort of wellness community, wellness lifestyle um, media that had been popping up. Yep. And I was writing a lot more of the mind body content. And at that point I was, you know, completely past the eating disorder years. I had developed a really amazing relationship with my self-confidence. So my self-image was pretty high. Okay. Um, and I was starting to feel like I'm supposed to be doing something more Mm. and, you know, I love a good superfood, but I was like, I, I can't really. <laughs> I, 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 it doesn't light me up to be like editing content about superfoods right every
0: day, right, right, right. You know,
1: um. And I was on YouTube, and I was watching Brene Brown's video on vulnerability. Mm, yep. And I no no sorry, I was watching a Marie Forleo video that I had been led to from. Some, I don't know, maybe a Danielle Laporte video that I was watching, like people in this sort of like conscious living community. Mm -hmm. And then on the sidebar was Brene Brown's uh, vulnerability talk. Right. And just like that very first time when it came to me in like that 30 second period, I thought, oh, want, want, obviously that is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Mm. And not only did I have the technical know-how to build it out because I was this founding, like one of the founding editors of this site, I like, I knew what SEO was. I knew how I knew what it meant to scale something. Um, I mean, the only scale that I had heard of before was like the scale to use to weight yourself. So I was like, you stay away from scales. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, so I knew all the technical stuff, but I was also totally confident in both the stuff that I knew and the stuff that I didn't know, like the stuff that I had some sort of expertise on through years and years of writing and researching and just like experiential research and testing things on myself to make sure that it works for me and for other people. And I also knew the stuff that like, wasn't my wheelhouse and I could ask for
0: help wisely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I spent, so, I spent eight
0: months wow. doing it together. And yeah. so, so if somebody goes there, what do they find?
1: So want now as it lives is it's women against negative com. Um, and it lives as editorial. So there's the website that yep. has that has writing. It's mostly my writing, and it's a combination of more pragmatic tips and tools, a lot of situational stuff, um, and then there's more essay-like prose that you know I love writing. That kind
0: and of stuff. and is it all like body image, or does it also like self-talk about your capabilities and and uh, you? Yeah,
1: you, no, that's actually. That's a great question. Um when I was doing the research to see what existed in this in this field, mm-hmm. I was mostly finding that one of two things. A, people were talking about body image, or B, when people talked about negative self-talk, it was sort of like a side note that they were talking about in the grand scheme of like their life coaching business. Okay? which is fantastic. But I was like, I want to create something that is just about negative self-talk and about self-talk in general. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, there's everything from body career, awesome relationships. I mean, you name it, it's, it's probably on it there. And if it's not, write me an email and it will get on there. (laughs) I love that.
0: All right. So I want to get into uh, Yvette's question because I love, I love her question was all about, you know, like she, she recognized that she had this really good life, but she still would look in the mirror and, and, and have this, you know, negative talk to herself and also like the look at lives of other people and think, well, you know, my house should look like that. My life should look like that. So, um, Mm -hmm. so what I love, one of your you have a wonderful podcast yourself called the Wattcast, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. recently you have this uh, feature on it. I think was it called Thinking Out Loud? I think is what it's called, yeah. which, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that I I loved about was you talked about, and it wasn't specifically on this, but I think it's related. Was like sort of how you curate your social media because I think one of the things that I know I struggle with, for example, is I can get very very clear on I've got a good life, I'm doing well everything about me is is fine. Like there's nothing wrong. There's nothing flawed about what what's happening. Right. And then you look out at social media and other things and you have this entire media telling you, yeah, but you're doing it wrong.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Yeah. But your home should look like this. Your body should look like this. Your career should look like this. Um, And so you talked in this recent episode about curating your feed. And I think the way you talked about it was about an aesthetic. um, mm-hmm. But also, one of the things that I loved about it was you talked about how you felt like I'm supposed to be looking at this, so I am, and then realizing, wait a minute, that's not who I am. So tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about how you can, I guess, curate the messages that are coming at you and be really mindful of what that is. Talk, talk a little bit yeah. about that. Yeah.
1: So I think that I I love talking about this and I love this question. Um, so thank you, Yvette. Mm-hmm. I. Uh <laughs> I I think that this is twofold. So there's one what we were talking about inspiration versus aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And then I think that you can't talk about that without talking about jealousy and envy. Yeah, right. absolutely. Um because and that's so and, real and I on
0: think, social media. And I think perfectionism, right? And I mm, think you yes. know that sort of uh, that sort of chasing an un, you know an uh, un uh, you know an unrealistic ideal and and you know, I mean, let's let's just let's just be real clear. Like, even the people who have perfect lives on the internet don't have perfect lives. Like, let's let's just oh, start totally. with that. Like, they are showing you what they want to show you. That that is not what's mm-hmm. going on. So, how do you get mm-hmm. your head to go? Oh, okay, yeah, I I get what this message is about, and I need to either keep it out or or put it in its perspective.
1: Yeah. So, I when I talk about inspiration versus aesthetic, I think of that, at least for myself, that applies more from um, like a career standpoint, mm. but that can be everything from career to the way that you parent to yep. where you're living. Like it can apply to everything. Like, you know, it, it's sort of like, like Pinterest gone wrong. Like you're pinning <laughs> all of these right. like gorgeous houses on Pinterest. And you're like, well, wait a second. I actually like, really big spaces kind of overwhelm me. Mm. So why am I looking at these gorgeous houses and saying that these are inspirational or aspirational for myself when that's not actually what I want?
0: Right. Right. You know? Right. So, so how do you do that? Like, how do you switch your head to go what is it that I really am wanting? And, and how do I do, how do I look at social media so that it, it inspires me rather than, than, depresses me right then <laughs> discourages me. yeah
1: yeah no i think that's it's it's a constant process mm. first of all it's never going to be something that comes super easy all of the time mm. um but when you're looking at something on social media and when we're looking and we think oh like i i like i love this i i i want this um I think that you have to be really clear with yourself about what your values are mm. and what resonates with your life outside of social media. And if this if this post didn't exist, would I still want this thing?
0: That's a good question to ask yourself. Oh, if this post yeah. didn't exist, would I still want it? That is a great question to ask. You. That is an amazing question, actually, to ask yourself. I love that. And one of the oh. things that I find also... Like let's let's talk about Pinterest, right? Because Pinterest, mm-hmm. I think, is is one of those that really does it. I, you know, I was looking at like sort of health things, like how fit do I want to look? I'm going to go back to the gym, and like I wanted some inspirational pictures, and I was like looking at all these pictures of women. I'm like, okay, for you, know, like for my body, and I was good enough to go, okay, my body style is my body shape is never going to look like that woman, so like can't pin that person and. And I was good about that. And then I suddenly I realized I was looking at all of these photographs of women who were 30 years younger than me. And I was like, yeah, what am I doing? Like, like that makes no sense. Like, it, it make, like there are women who are in great shape who are my age. Why am I pinning women who are, you know, 20 when I'm 50? Like, that doesn't make any sense right. to me. Right. And so I think a lot, Mm -hmm. I think it's also sort of a gut check, like you said, like, well, wait, why am I pitting these huge houses if I go into a huge house in real life and I'm completely overwhelmed or Mm -hmm. I find it cold or I find it, you know, you know, agoraphobic or, you know, whatever it is. Um, And so I think that sort of gut check is really, really um, smart to do. And I think also for me, if I start to feel bad, then there's something wrong with it. Right, like to me, like if mm-hmm. you're gonna start pinning or following, like if if I look at something and go, this makes me, this doesn't make me go, wow, I can do that, but instead mm-hmm. it goes, wow, I could never do that. Then I stop looking at it, right? You know, <laughs> you know, and right. I, that for me is every like decor or every you know a decor, fitness, whatever, a career. If if yeah. when I look at it and go. God, she's so, she's got it. I'm never going to be able to do that. Man, it's time to cut that out. Like, I'm like, yeah, you know, but yeah. if it, if what it does is go, it makes me go, oh, that's really cool. And I see how she got there and I'm going to start going there because I get it. And that looks like fun. Exactly. Now we're on to something. Right? <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: No, it's really interesting that you bring up fitness because I mean, I've, I've now been in the fitness industry for, Oh my God, like over a third of my life now. Yeah. And, um, it has changed a lot in yep. that time. And I think that social media has played a, a huge part in that. So I have kind of gotten off my game with my yoga practice lately, but, mm-hmm. um, when I do practice, I really like, like restorative type yoga. I yep. like stuff that grounds me. I I'm not looking at yoga to be a workout. I'm not looking for yoga to be gymnastics. I, I want it to be like, like, give me the bolsters, give me the straps, give me all the props. And like, let's just work out all the kinks that are in there. Yeah. And there's this, um, in, in, in the yoga world and in the fitness world, there's sort of this, um, this joke that's going around and it's funny because it's true that there's all of these, yogi Instagram accounts that are just people contorting their bodies into these crazy shapes yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the name of yoga and then writing like this inspirational quote that has nothing to do with it under it and <laughs> uh, there's actually a fantastic Instagram account that I think you should check out and it's called shallow yoga
0: <laughs> and I love the name bar- already
1: and it's all Barbies in the These in these yoga poses, and it's it's so hilarious, and it's hilarious because it's kind of sad because it's true. Right. And I was following a lot of those accounts for a while because I was like, okay, I'm in the industry. I need to know what's up with these people. And like, I do a lot of yoga. I follow these these accounts and these these leaders. And I realized how how bad it made me feel and how it made me not want to do yoga Mm. because I was like, that's not the kind of yoga I want to do. at all like i don't i don't care about that and moreover i know about body mechanics now and i know how some of these poses will just like like make your joints disintegrate in 20 years you know yeah um so i really had to curate that for myself and then i found myself following a lot of food accounts and food bloggers and i would feel like anxiety around well should I be talking about the superfoods again like I did that and it would be popular and then I was like no I should be following more accounts like Karen and no. <laughs> more people like uh like Brene Brown and Glennon and people who are who are actually inspiring me to up
0: level myself right right you know right and I think that's that, that's the thing it's like it so much of this requires so much introspection, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a, it's the thing about the difference between inspiration and comparison, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, follow for sure, follow whatever you want on on any sort of media, whether or not it's you know social media or whether or not it's television that inspires you. But if it in, but if what it does is prompt you to compare, it maybe mm-hmm. it's time to take a look at that, look at a, at that and change it. And and that like you said, it's it's body, it's home decor, it's parenting, it's all of that in, in every single realm. So totally. One of the other things that I loved, and this one is more about body, but I, I and mm. I want to touch on it because I thought this was really interesting. And I I frankly don't get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I want you to talk. A, I want you to talk a little bit more about how you do it. And you t- it. you talked about again in this, I think, same episode, I think it was um, about how you can notice your the, how you feel in your body without hating your body. Mhm mhm and i think that is like i i you know i listened to you and i thought that might be the key to everything is sort of this understanding of when of noting when something is wrong with and it could be anything your body or whatever and not immediately going to hate right so oh yeah yeah how dear god in heaven do uh-huh. you do that
1: <laughs> like how does that oh, happen oh my gosh <laughs> well okay So, first of all, um, I consider hate a dirty word. I I consider it the four-letter word that nobody's talking about. Okay. And I've written about it on the site. I I think that I've spoken about it on the podcast. But hate, for me, is a very emotionally, what I call an emotionally heavy word. Like, it's something that we associate with a very strong, visceral feeling. Mm -hmm. So... And, and there are other words like that too. Like love is another word. It's just on the complete other end of the spectrum. Right. So when we say that we, we hate things all the time, we're training our body to have that reaction all of the time to everything. When it's like, no, I actually don't hate my stomach right now. It's just like, I had an extra glass of wine last night or I went to sushi and I had a lot of sodium and it's really bloated. Like, I actually don't hate it. I'm just uncomfortable. Mm. So I think distinguishing the actual feeling that you're feeling, even if it is a so-called negative mm-hmm. feeling, I think that that's the first step. Um, and then the second thing- Wait, I want to stop yeah. on that a bit because yeah, 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 I yeah. feel
0: like that's really, really important. That sort of reframing that mm-hmm. because I could totally see- <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, I'm talking about me. I could totally see <laughs> someone, that would be me, um, going to sushi yeah. and then waking up feeling bloated and going, I can't believe I did that myself. I'm really how could I be so horrible to myself? Um, my body, why is my body doing this? I hate my body. I could totally see doing that. So yeah. what you're talking about is taking a beat and doing what? Like understanding what's actually happening and being mindful of the word hate like this is this is so so key to me so 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 tell me what happens with you like say you have that sushi and you wake up in the morning and you're feeling bloated like what do you yeah what do you do like
1: i'm just feeling bloated and i didn't have the sushi and i'm like what what the heck body yeah good um because that happens a lot to me too right so i break it down to first of all one of my i i i said before like mantras can't fix everything but one of my mantra-esque phrases is i've been here before i'll be here again what's going to make this time different Mm. i say that to myself all of the time about basically any tough situation i'm ever in no matter how big or small internal or external Mm. Mm. um so but how and how, how does
0: how does that work though for something that like you can't change like what if it's like your eyes or your nose or your chin or something, you know, something that's like, that's who you are. It doesn't matter if you gain or lose weight or whatever else, or my hair, you know, like, what? A, right. Like, what,
1: like just this perpetual dislike of a certain <laughs> thing. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. Like, right, right. like, how do you, like I, I hate to have the ugliest elbows or whatever. Right. like, something like Right. That. Right.
1: Right. Right. Well, I think that sort of what you were, what we were talking about with, with social media, like you're, when you were saying you were pinning the, the workouts with the, The 18 year old girls yeah like you're never going to be 18 again my elbows are never going to (laughs) be somebody else's elbows like there are certain things that we objectively cannot change or even if we change like we can't really change that much right so instead of thinking about changing something from what it is to what it isn't i think about maximizing what i have to be Mm. the best it can be. Mm. So I know that I'm never going to be, I'm someone who has always had a curvy athletic body, which is something you actually don't see in the media a lot Mm. because they seem like they should be conflicting. But I've learned that that's my body. That's who I am. I'm never going to be, this, this rail that was very popular when I was growing up, like that whole supermodel chic thing. Right. Um, and so instead of, I'm never going to have legs that are longer than the legs that I have right now. Right. So how can I work with
0: what I've got? Yeah. 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 And I think that, you know, I think it's a, it makes sense. Um, and I, I actually do this quite a bit is to take an inventory of what it is you do have. Like I, I love, mm. I love that, uh, like a journal of going, you know, and, and and I specifically say journal because they're not meant for other eyes. And I, and it yeah. even doing that feels vulnerable because you're like, oh, am I, am I boasting? Am I not a, like what you were saying at the beginning? Am I being, but this is your private journal. Like, don't worry about what everybody says and go, you know what? These are the things that I do that I'm really good at. Or this is the thing that I get the most compliments about, or this is what people say they really appreciate about me. I think all of those things, like having an inventory of that is Mm -hmm. a really lovely thing to refer back to when you're having a self-doubt thing, right? Including physical, right? Including physical. Oh yeah. And when it
1: comes to physical, I think that um, I have a big problem with magazine articles and now now website articles that talk about um, like hiding your problem
0: parts. Oh my God, I hate that. Oh my God, you just touched a (sighs) nerve. I hate that. I hate it. I yeah. hate it so much. That that you can say you hate cuz that's hate
1: worthy. <laughs> oh,
0: that is super hate worthy.
1: My too. head is in my hands right
0: now. <laughs> it's
1: like what uh, problem
0: part you have no problem part. Stop well, it. It's
1: it's <laughs> like it's like I I saw a lot of when I was doing like my research when Want, you know, in this incarnation Want 2.0 was coming around, I saw a lot of people referring to their inner dialogue as this other as their inner mean girl or their inner, I know we like to keep it clean. So B word, like, you know, it was, it was pitting ourselves against this other aspect of ourselves. And I'm like, nah, we're, we're one being. And so we need to like, if all of the different parts of our body and mind and soul, if they are all our own, their own things, which I think, They are, they're all working on a team. So they all inform each other. Mm. It's sort of like a relay race. Like you can't get to the third leg of the race if the first person doesn't give their all in Mm. their section of the race, Mm. you know?
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. All right. So let's say that we have a listener right now who is um, the the victim of her own negative talk, right? Like Mm -hmm. is having a really hard time quelling that part of her uh what one bit of advice would you help her just to get started and being kinder to herself and being kinder Mm. like what would be your like biggest first step for someone
1: yeah we're talking about in general negative self-talk in general whether it's body body whether
0: it's body or whether it's its career or whether it's mothering or whatever whatever it is what's the first sort of here's what you need to like, is there a practice? Is there something that somebody can start to do to help them?
1: Yeah. I think that, I think that what we were talking about, the, the awareness Mm. um, and the awareness and the honesty of what actually is going on Mm. is a great first step for everybody. Mm. Um, And really being aware of what words we're using and what, self talk we are talking cuz for me self talk is it isn't good or bad it's just information mm. and it's a language that we're teaching ourselves so we're interpreting it to be negative mm. but if you take that emotion out of it and you just have this talk that is being presented as sort of like clues to figure out things instead of truths yep then what are those clues trying to tell me mm. is me saying i'm I'm not smart enough, or I'm a screw up, or I'm not successful enough, or I'll never get there. Is that the truth, or is that telling you maybe that you, I don't know, that there's that there's per, that there's a shift that needs to happen in your career, or maybe there's conversations you've been shying away from, or yeah. like what what can it help you discover?
0: Yeah. I you love know? that. I love that. It reminds me of a friend of mine once told me, um, when, and this wasn't an, about herself. Well, it was, she, she had just had gone through a serious breakup and mm-hmm. she was lamenting to another friend. Um, nobody's ever going to love me again. Um, I'm, I, I'm, you know, people are not attracted to me, whatever. And she was kind of going into this sort of negative talk spiral and her friend mm-hmm just said quietly, you know, you have evidence to suggest otherwise. Like, mm-hmm. if you look in your past, you know that you'll find love again. You know that, you know, like, and it, it's, and I loved that. And I use that a lot. It's like, you know what, Karen, you have evidence to suggest otherwise, right? Yes. If I say, oh, I'm so ugly. Well, Karen, you've had people tell you you're beautiful before. Like, you have evidence to suggest otherwise. Oh, I'm not smart. Yeah, Karen, you have evidence to suggest otherwise, right? Like, yeah, like you, you, you graduated college, like you're clearly, you know, like, right, like right. whatever it is, like that you have evidence to suggest otherwise. And I've always thought that to be really helpful as well, to prompt me into thinking, what is that evidence? Yes. And what really is going on? You know, yes. to your point, yes. which I really, really love that.
1: Well, uh, and just one last thing, just to put like a little button on it, because I've been talking your ear off, because I'm so happy to be here with you. <laughs> please. <laughs> um. I think that it's also very important that we, I don't even want to say celebrate because that seems like this big thing that requires a lot of stuff that like, I'm a very proactive person, but I'm also, I can be very lazy. So it's like, sometimes I don't want to celebrate. Like, yeah, I to, <laughs> right. I want to watch episodes of friends again right. on TV because it's easy. But I think that whether it's body career, home life, whatever, mm. if we look at the, the negative stuff that's coming up and we ask ourselves, what is physically making me feel this way? Uh Um, What is emotionally, Mm. what could be emotionally making me feel this way? Mm. Um, And what does that tell me about how I can move forward? We can also do that with the positive stuff. So if you get something really great that happens in your life, like not reserving this introspection just for the negative. Oh
0: my God, that's magic. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because that's
1: how we make it a part of our, of our being and a part of our routine and a part of something that like people ask me all the time, how, how can I get rid of my negative self-talk? And I'm like, it's, it's all, you can't get rid of it. We're human. It's always going to be there. We've got it in our brains to have, a negativity bias about stuff so that we don't get attacked by tigers in the jungle right. when we're foraging for nuts right. like <laughs> right, right,
0: right, that's, right. <laughs> it's right. in our
1: biology so right. knowing that it's never going to go away how can we use it to our advantage and also how can we neutralize it absolutely
0: you know? absolutely and you know like i am you know, people are sick and tired of hearing me talk about gratitude practices and things like that. I, I do believe it saved my life. And I think taking that moment when things are great to say, I'm really loving this. I'm in a great place right now. And here's why. And mm-hmm. sort of having the practice of remembering that I'm feeling really strong right now. It just hiked whatever, or I'm really, I'm feeling really successful right now because my boss just gave me a compliment or I'm really, you know, whatever it is taking that moment to also, Revel in that as well is a yes, is huge. It's huge. It's everything. I love it. Yes. And what are
1: the things that are in my control that I can replicate moving forward to feel this more often? Preach
0: sister. Yes.
1: You're singing my (laughs) song.
0: That is it. I love it. Yes. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. This is so much fun. I could talk to you about this stuff all day long, but we need to get to our lightning round. So awesome. Are you ready? Good lightning round. All right. So, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you a quick question. And you just tell me the answer that comes first to your mind. Okay. All right. Really easy. Ready? Yes. Big uh, breath in. Grounding right. myself. I'm ready. All right. Wine or cocktails? Hmm. You're gonna tell me you don't Wh- drink, right? <laughs> no. No. I no. Um, <laughs> an old fashioned made at home. Oh, there you go. Cocktails. All right. All right. Now this is a little bit tougher because I know this about you. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles or New York City? Right now, New York City,
1: <laughs> that was actually easier than wedding wow. cocktails. Okay, wow, all right,
0: okay, since you're a fit, I know you teach spin classes and stuff, mm-hmm. so sweat inducing movement or rest and relaxation
1: ah. <sighs> Sweat-inducing movement, but never forgetting the rest and relax.
0: <laughs> oh, that's cheating. You can't say Sorry. both. <laughs> Sweat-inducing
1: movement. Sweat-inducing movement. <laughs> All right. But I love sleep. I Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Sleep, sleep is the is best ever. thing.
0: It's so awesome. All right. What is something someone would be surprised to learn about you? Oh,
1: surprised to learn about me. Um, I was... I was in a, in the movie Valentine's day with Jessica Alba,
0: Jessica (laughs) Alba. No,
1: not Alba. Sorry. Beal, Beal. Oh my gosh. Jessica (laughs) Beal.
0: You were in the movie. That's awesome.
1: Yes. Did you get to meet Jessica Beal? I did. We like spent the whole afternoon together and she's from the same hometown that I am. And she was so cool. And fun fact, the scene is not, in the movie it got cut from the movie, but it made the deleted scenes. Oh nice.
0: <laughs> like at the now, end of the now DVD. Now I totally have to find <laughs> it so that I can see it. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. And what is something this might be that this your answer might be the same, but what is something that you're really proud about about yourself?
1: The answer might be the same that I was in a scene with Jessica no, B. Oh, you gotta pick another <laughs> on the deleted one. Scenes. Exactly. Yes. Pick another one. No, though. no, no. <laughs> um something that I'm really proud of about myself. Yeah. I I am really proud of how me i've become
0: oh i love that i love that all right the next two are questions my daughter makes me ask every guest. so Mm -hmm. pandora or spotify um spotify working out pandora at home oh nice i like that um and facebook or instagram instagram yeah me too and finally this is a big question this isn't part of the lightning round what does it mean Mm -hmm. to thrive
1: I think to thrive is to. I I, I said the thing that I was the most proud of was I am as me as I can be. Mm. I think that to thrive is being as as fully you as you can be everywhere you go. I love it.
0: I love it. Katie, you are so much fun. Thank you so much. This is the best. (laughs) I love I love talking. I cannot wait to keep following you. I'm going to put your links to everything. Um, in the show notes. Thank you so, so much for being a part of this.
1: Thank you so much. It's an absolute joy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Katie is amazing. There's so much good stuff here. I love how she says that hate is a dirty word. I think I'm really going to try to remember that in my daily life. Helping reframe what it is I'm actually feeling to what is truly going on instead of saying I hate everything might just change everything. So thanks so much for that, Katie. To find out more about Katie Horwich and the women against negative talk, please be sure to check out her site as well as her amazing podcast. I'll leave link to both in the show notes. And while you're there, be sure to leave your own tips on how you fight against negative self-talk in the comments. I'd love your wisdom. And of course, if you're talking about today's episode on social media, don't forget to use hashtag mate so we can find you as always. If you're looking for more ways to make more light in your life, but you find yourself stuck, please send me an email with any questions or challenges you'd like me to tackle to karen at themakelightshow.com. And you just might hear an answer to your question on an upcoming episode of The Make Light Show. I'm Karen Walrent, and I'll be back next week with all new tips and tricks to make light. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. Thrive on, friends.